Hello, this is Taylor Ursula of That's So Pisces, and I'm so happy to welcome you back to So Much Potential. If you tuned in last time, I mentioned that I was really eager to talk to you about past lives, and we are going to do that in the second portion of our programming today. First, I wanted to share a little bit about some of the themes of the North Node entering Aries this summer of which we get our first taste with this first Aries new moon eclipse that we have coming in next week. And it's ah, interesting to already be thinking about the node shifting. This means that we are at a time where we are processing what we've been learning with the nodes passing through Scorpio and Taurus for the past 18 months. They moved into these signs in mid-January of 2022. Since then, we've been exploring themes of security, possession, value, sensuality, pleasure, and releasing themes of obsession, of sort of manipulation, maybe intensity, um, feelings of scarcity, Uh, fear-motivated compulsions, any of our psychological material that stems from previous experiences of harm that has us holding on to what should no longer be ours. For me, the shift of the nodes into the Aries-Libra axis is quite personal as this will be the beginning of my second nodal return. My north node in Placidus is in the third house, and in whole sign is in the fourth. And there have already been lots of incoming surges of energy around a sense of purpose, around an urge to see results of what I've been putting into motion, as well as a deep need to trust myself, to know myself, to feel that I am able to drive myself where I'm trying to go. And there's a bit of intensity happening there. I'm curious to hear if anyone else has been experiencing any of this intensity as well. I recently read Alice Sparkly Cat's 2020 piece on nodal benders, because my Aries North Node is square my Capricorn Ascendant and my Cancer Descendant line, as well as my Capricorn Neptune and Persephone conjunction on my Ascendant, which is opposite my Black Moon Lilith on my Descendant. I actually have four angular Liliths. (laughs) One of them tightly opposing my Venus. And that is a whole other conversation that I will happily have with you in a future episode. This was an article that I read after reading their most recent post describing what it's like to have the nodes in the 10th and the 4th houses. And there's a quote that I pulled from this article that has really been sitting with me since reading it. I've edited it for continuity and legibility, but essentially Alice states that people who have the North Node in the fourth house might feel self-guided when they figure out how to give themselves privacy and protection. 
They might worry about what their actions mean or how they are perceived because they feel like other people have a huge amount of power in deciding who they are. Back in December, I wrote a piece for my newsletter called On Mastering Chaos. And in that piece, I explored a number of childhood dynamics uh, that, that lingered with me for a long time until only recently being able to reflect upon the nature of them and why they were so pervasive in my life. Among these obsessions, these disturbances, one that I discuss is that as a child into my 20s, I was obsessed with the idea of being surveilled. Ace's writing here in this piece, specifically their mention of the word privacy, which is something we're all thinking a lot about now that Pluto has entered Aquarius. This word privacy compelled me to remember that at the tender age of four, the divorce between my parents became so contentious that I was court-ordered into therapy. Specifically, I had the realization that at a formative time, I was asked, I was pushed to trust random authority figures to diagnose me, to judge my most sensitive and vulnerable experiences, and ultimately, trusting those adults was what shaped critical decisions about my well-being, my livelihood, who would raise me and where and how frequently. In my early years, I moved between several therapists and I see where I missed the opportunity to form meaningful and trusting bonds with the adults that I was supposed to be learning to trust, the adults who were supposed to be extending unconditional regard. And instead, I shared my deepest wounds with strangers in hopes that they would fix, fix my situation, fix my life, accept me and hold me. And that was a really heavy and also relieving, cathartic um, revelation. Understanding that there are two Cancer Liliths that I must move toward, as described by Ace in this nodal bender piece, in order to get to the nature of my Aries North Node, has brought up some inflammation, some sensitivity, some uncertainty. There's shame in that Cancer Lilith of not being what someone needs. There's temptation to put on that Neptune mask until I can shapeshift into whatever that thing is. I have spent this Aries season and especially this Jupiter Kazemi, really sitting with some of the unresolved aches within me. Some of the baby themes that we've all been experiencing with Chiron moving through Aries and all of the transits to that Chiron throughout Aries season, especially in an Aries season that has been ruled by a Mars that is in Cancer and squaring all of those Aries planets, including Chiron. It's been important to recognize the desire to root into something with an Aries north node in the fourth. It's been important to understand how much I want to stand tall and to know myself within, to understand 
who I am outside of anyone else's opinions about me, and to be capable of truly deciding for myself what I need. And in fact, all of this desire for self-knowledge, for trust, for self-exploration, it all ties into my journey of understanding the role of past lives in how we navigate our experiences in the present. I mentioned a moment ago that my nodes are square my ascendant, and that plays a big role in the journey that I've experienced here as a human in this lifetime. It plays a big role in how I've even come to discover astrology, tarot, hypnosis, Reiki, all of the modalities that I practice have arrived to me at a time when I have deeply needed to know more about myself. And it's so amazing to reflect on this journey and to recognize that all of the hunger I've had in this lifetime has been tied to reconciling several past lives at this point that I've witnessed so far. Surrounding, surrender of self, compliance with another, people-pleasing, sacrifice, isolation, punishment. And I want to share some of what I've explored thus far. I've explored past lives through two different lenses. One, through the nodes in our charts, the south node revealing to us where we've been in previous lifetimes, as well as through hypnosis, which allows us to regress, to visit past lives, to witness themes that we've experienced, and to begin a journey of reconciliation of what has been carried over into this lifetime. Both modalities have revealed so much to me about the energy that remains with us across lifetimes, about the lessons that we've learned, about the experiences that we carry with us, that imprint upon us, and that really impact how we feel in navigating our lifetime in the present. Hypnosis first arrived to me a few years into my professional astrology journey. I had been studying astrology on and off casually for several years, pulled into it formally in the process of my Saturn return, as Saturn moved through Sagittarius and my 12th house, seemingly erasing my connection to many external projects that I had committed myself to, that I had identified with, that I had been trying to make something out of, and really pulling me deeply into a place of introspection. I needed to understand why I was stepping back from so much in my life and why so many things I felt I had really invested myself in were suddenly non-viable to me. In this journey of exploring the 12th house, I came to understand that there was material here that I could not explain elsewhere in my life and in my chart. And if you are familiar with the 12th house, then you understand exactly why that is, because the 12th house correlates to all of that which is not tangible in this earthly realm. 
Exploring the 12th house helped me understand that there's so much that I feel in this lifetime that I know from experience did not originate in this lifetime. That the weight of my emotions was so much heavier than the, the size of my heart in this lifetime. And I am someone who experienced a lot of heart-wrenching material, a lot of heart-wrenching content in my early life. And so the weight of my emotions is not surprising to me. And yet there was something that felt so much deeper than what I knew I had experienced in this lifetime. For the entirety of Saturn's transit through my 12th house, I had been receiving emails from Maha Rose in Brooklyn offering the opportunity to experience past life regression with practitioner Shauna Cummins. It wasn't until Saturn crossed my ascendant at the beginning of 2019 that I decided to take them up on the offer. I can't pinpoint exactly what led me to that moment where I decided to book that appointment with Shauna But I can tell you that on the day of that first past life regression, Pluto was exactly conjunct the south node, moving through my first in Capricorn. And the sun was approaching my north node in Aries, just a degree or two away. And what I experienced in that first session was absolutely life-changing. I'll tell you what I can recall from the past life that I experienced this first regression. It was the 1700s to my estimation, and I was a nun in a European city such as London or Paris, perhaps on a city outskirt. I knew that I was a foreigner to the other people within my church. I had been orphaned at a young age and shipped off to join the nuns in Europe to be part of one of the first orphanages to my recollection. And I was very much involved in the well-being of the orphanages in our charge. I was a younger nun, and being foreign, I was not trusted by the other sisters. I was considered radical. I was considered different. I was an outsider to them. I had very staunch ideals about how people should be treated, and I felt very defensive of the orphans that I took care of in this lifetime, forging a particularly close bond with one particular orphan whose androgyny and whose young age at being orphaned really struck me, struck a chord within me, struck some sort of familiarity that I felt very protective of. In this past life, something happened to that poor child with whom I felt so bonded, and that child passed away. In the wake of this child's death, I was furious. I let it be known (laughs) to the others in my church that this was not acceptable, that we needed to be doing more to help these children that we were mismanaging our funds, that we were misallotting our time and our resources. As you can imagine, I was not taken very kindly that a young, rebellious, foreign nun 
was taking it upon herself to criticize the higher-ups in the church. I self-isolated in that time as much as I was allowed to, as much as I could get away with. I had lost faith in the very Christian beliefs that had saved me previously. I had lost faith in the system that was designed to save those in need, that was supposed to provide help and care. I isolated as much as I could in that time. It did not go well. The little amount of trust that was extended to me had been revoked by this point. The other sisters gravely mistrusted me. I was stripped of authority, of titles, of roles. And eventually I was brought to the priest. My punishment from this priest was of a sexual nature, and this broke me. Fearful of carrying any physical evidence from this sexual assault, I rejected food at this point. I completely shut down. I was inconsolable. And there was no way for me to discuss the events that had transpired. At this point in the journey, I saw myself wasting away. I saw myself completely isolated, unable to be truly removed from this setting, but also unable to participate in the role I had signed up to play. This journey ended quite tragically. And by the end of it, it was very clear to me that there was so much deeply buried in that lifetime that I had never had the chance to unpack until now. What visiting this life allowed me to acknowledge and accept was the deep nature of the emotions that I have felt in this life. The deep themes of solitude, of loneliness, of fighting and not being heard, of taking a stand and losing. These are themes I have experienced in my youth, but the depth of them really became clear once I visited this first past life. It made me eager to visit other past lives, to get a sense of what other themes have been unfolding for me across timelines, across lifetimes, across parallel universes. This narrative lines up with the stories that I have witnessed unfolding across my North Node in Aries and the South Node in Libra. In the coming weeks, I'll be sharing more about the past lives that I have visited, sharing more about the themes that I have seen emerge from these viewings, and tie them all into the Aries nodal narrative as it begins Ultimately, what I recognize is that patterns in my life 
are about power. Patterns in my life are about standing up and finding my own voice, even when that voice is suppressed by others. I hope that as the nodes begin to make their way into change, as this Aries eclipse enters and reveals to you the first threads of the fabric that will be woven over the next two years, I hope that you too find power in your voice. I hope that you too discover the strength that exists within you even as others have tried to pluck it from your bones. I hope that you discover new instincts, give them space to grow and thrive with time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of So Much Potential. For more of my writing, please visit me at thatsopisces.com. Check out some of my tarot poll videos on YouTube at That's So Pisces. And sign up for my newsletter in the link. Until next time. <laughs>